Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another weekly edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders, bringing you another golf uh, tournament discussion this week. And uh, we have, I think, what some people would consider, you know, one of the first true uh, tournaments of the year. Done are the pro ams, done are the multi course rotations. We kind of settle into a pretty nifty s- spring schedule, uh, which fits nicely with football season ending this weekend as well so traditionally the end of the football season as always uh, corresponds with the waste management phoenix open uh, that is no different this year and uh, itching for some golf after just three rounds last week and uh, bring in uh, my co-host here mr notorious Derek farnsworth i'm justin van zuden stl cardinals 84 and uh, noto I, I don't know it's easy to say after the fact i guess but uh, the pga tour didn't really manage the uh the tournament forecast last week very well i don't think i mean who could have seen that coming you know yeah no no idea forecasted eight days in advance but uh yeah doing good um i wish we would have gotten a final round i had a lot of bets with guys uh that are right outside of their replacements that i had them on but uh other than that I had a pretty good week of dfs uh we'll never know if it would have gotten better or worse you know based on how um, everything shook out, but uh, what are your thoughts on everyone betting on Clark after the round and then parlaying all the top tens and screaming at the sports books for not paying them? Yeah, you should not get paid for that. Uh, it's you know it's pretty obvious that <laughs> that you were just trying to root for the thing to get canceled. I mean, I can maybe see like if you bet uh, if you bet with a couple holes to go, 
obviously you wouldn't have been able to have like the top 20 all in order at that point. If you wanted to get like the top, all the top 10 or the top 20 guys, you really had to wait until basically the final putt was being hit. I can see if you bet like Clark to win with a couple holes left. And that was the only bet you made kind of shooting for that to stand up. But let's be realistic here. If we all want to be sports betters and we want, you know, the community to succeed, but we also want the sites to be around for a long time. And if you see, you know, one guy placed a $20 bet or whatever to win like 750 grand, uh, that is just not practical when, uh, I, I am very much on the side of the better most times. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that one feels like a little bit too much of a, of a loophole to try to exploit. So I can see clamoring to be paid out if you did it with like three or four holes to go and you just bet on Clark to win, but the, the top 20, you know, parlaying them all together, that's uh, you shouldn't expect to get paid for that in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, they actually did pay out anyone that bet before the last putt dropped. So um, if you got in right before that last putt uh, dropped, you I saw some people, you know, had those 10-leg parlays that were like 20 to 1. So, uh, you know, props to them, I guess. But if you were crying to the books about um, that, it's probably not a good look. Yeah, and uh, you might find yourself not being able to bet very much longer on that platform yeah. uh, if you are trying to, you know, shake down that. I suppose if you shake them down for seven hundred grand before you get uh, you get banned, uh, maybe it's worth it. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a little a uh, little bit of shenanigans going down there last week. Like you, I wish they would have gotten the final round in. I had just kind of one main lineup in DFS last week and uh, was on the verge of the cash line, just short of the cash line. Uh, heading into the final round. So it was a little disappointing that they didn't, you know, maybe try to play like six extra holes per day or something to try to get it in, uh, knowing that the forecast was pretty brutal for Sunday and Monday. I mean, heading into the the start of the tournament, but uh, alas, they didn't do that. And uh, so it was a three round tournament last week at Pebble uh, with Wyndham Clark, who was a hundred to one in some spots, taking it down, which I believe makes the fourth tournament in a row. Uh, with a hundred to one uh, winner, at least he wasn't a hundred to one everywhere, but he was a hundred to one in a couple places. So, I think that counts as four in a row. Uh, we'll see. I mean, this this absurdity it has got to end sometime, right? Uh, yeah, it's actually five in a row. Uh, okay, five in a row. I lost count. It's happened so many times. Yeah, Chris Kirk at the century. So, yeah, I mean, you know, our our long shots didn't hit last week. I think we had Cebes and uh, Nick Taylor. Uh, I want to say, but. Might keep going this week. We'll, uh, Nick we'll Taylor see. definitely didn't hit. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Already getting questions about the snake draft. Um, we'll just fire up uh, an empty one at the end of the show. Um, we'll let you know which one it is. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. try to get everybody in this week. We'll try to find one that doesn't have any occupants before we get in. If they're, the demand is increasing, ever increasing for the popular snake draft, uh, we'll, uh, we'll hop into one of those at the end of the show. Uh, of course, I mean, not a ton of takeaways from last week, given that the final round didn't get in. But uh, Wyndham Clark, a big third round, uh, shot a 60 to get to the top of the leaderboard. Uh, we did have some big names kind of in the mix, even though we had another long shot winner. Uh, pretty solid week for Justin Thomas again. O'Bear was up there. Uh, so, you know, we did see a lot of the uh, the big names rise to the top of the leaderboard. Any other takeaways from that uh, shortened event last week? I kind of thought if they were able to go out Monday, Justin Thomas was going to be in the mix. He's a guy that, you know, flights his ball well, tends to play well in bad weather. Um, no other major takeaways for me um, other than my core plays. Man, I had Xander and Homa, who both just were terrible. 
Uh, very surprised by their their performance last week. Yeah, Thomas was one of the guys on my main lineup there that I was really rooting for him to uh, to climb up the leaderboard at the end, but uh, did not get that final round opportunity. So we move on to a new week, Waste Management Phoenix Open, fun tournament here. Uh, always contested uh, the, the same week as the uh, the big game in the NFL side. Uh, we have had a few field changes, so just about an hour before we went, or maybe a couple hours before we went on the air, uh, Kevin Streelman has withdrawn, so make sure you don't have Kevin Streelman in any of your lineups. Uh, Bobby Mack is in the field. Uh, Xander Shoffley and Patrick Rogers both withdrew after DraftKings released their pricing, so uh, they are not. Those two guys are not in our projections as of this moment. Uh, but again, just make sure if you set your lineup super early, uh, you don't miss particularly Shoffley not being in the field. Uh, and that leaves us with probably the first time in a long time where we've only had two golfers at the 10K mark on DraftKings. And it's Justin Thomas with his hot start to the year right at 10K. And Scotty Scheffler, who's had a couple of really strong finishes at this tournament in the past at 11.6 on DraftKings. So obviously the ownership is going to be high because there aren't a ton of guys to spend all the way up on this week. So uh, what do you make of Scheffler and Thomas up at the top? Yeah, so I'm typically fine being underweight on the most expensive guys, but this week I'm going to be overweight on both of them. Um, I have them both tagged as a core play. doesn't mean you have to use them in the same lineup. It's kind of tough to do. Um, you can, but uh, yeah, for MME, I think I'm going to have probably 60, 70% of both. So there's going to be an overlap there um, in my lineups quite a bit. I just have a hard time not playing these guys. You know, Scheffler back-to-back wins here. Obviously, you know, the best TD Green guy in the field. And this is the course where you want those good ball strikers, good uh, TD Green golfers. We've seen Hideki win here. We've seen Scheffler win here. Um, so bad putters can, can tend to play well here. Then JT, just T6 are better in five straight starts worldwide. T13 are better in five straight starts here. Um, if I'm deciding between the two, I guess I'll go JT cause he's cheaper, but I love them both. Uh, if you, uh, if you haven't looked this up yet, I hope it's a good trivia question, but do you know who the last person was to win three tournaments in a row, uh, the same tournament three years in a row on the PGA tour? Uh, I, I want to say it is, uh, the John Deere classic and Steve Stricker. Very good. That is correct. 29, 2009, 2010 and 2011. Steve Stricker won the old JDC three times in a row. I'm surprised that uh, that hasn't happened since then. I mean, I, I know it's obviously difficult, um, and that sort of comes after uh, prime Tiger years. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Just uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty rare. So Scheffler uh, will be looking uh, to do that. Um, let's see. So Tiger, I just pulled up this article from PGA Tour, an older one. Uh, Tiger actually won the Farmers Insurance Open and the Arnold Palmer Invitational four times in a row, 2000 to 2003 at the API and 2005 to 2008 uh, at the Farmers. And then there were four other tournaments that he won three times in a row. So, yeah, so uh, good. that just goes to show you how many times Tiger did it. But all those were uh, the most recent one ended in 2008 so stricker 20 2009 2010 2011 the last one to win the same tournament uh, three times in a row will probably win you absolutely nothing in your local trivia contest uh but uh, but there you go so we'll see what scheffler can do and i mean i agree it's tough to fade these guys uh, this week in a field that it's decent but it does tend to drop off a little bit 
especially as you get you know towards the bottom part of the 9K range. Um, I've been all aboard the Thomas bandwagon already so far this year. Certainly not going to stop playing him uh, with the sixth and a third uh, to start his 2024 season. And then Scheffler, obviously, uh, no introduction needed at this point, and uh, he's coming off. I mean, what was a relatively disappointing week for him uh, in, in three rounds and still finished T6. So a uh, pretty high floor for him these days as well. Uh, and I think, you know, just naturally, if you're playing a lot of those guys, like Noto said, 60 to 70% of those top two guys, uh, that's probably going to make you a little bit underweight on uh, on the next range. But uh, before we dig in there, I just kind of jumped right into talking about Shuffler Thomas there when we were transitioning from last week. but. For those who might not be familiar uh, with the course, obviously TPC Scottsdale is your host this week and certainly a, a unique venue, a unique uh, kind of layout to the course and spectators. I know Noto has uh, has been to the tournament before, so a uh, quick overview here of the of the course before we go any further. Yeah, so the, the front nine and the back nine couldn't be any more different. Um, you have a very quiet front nine, very few fans over there. Then the back nine gets into the madness. Um, and that's where all the fun happens, too. You got the 16th hole. You got the drivable uh, 17th. You got the par five right before both of those holes. Um, and then you got another par five um, that's reachable. But, yeah, it's par 71. Um, not overly long. Um, you're going to see a lot of drivers this week. I was looking at the average driving distance here last year was uh, 303 yards. And, uh, yeah, one of, the, one of the highest on the PGA Tour last year. So you're going to see a lot of drivers. Uh, the greens here are very fast. Um, they got rid of the Bermuda in the greens, so now they're just straight Poana. Um, if you want to look at putting splits, but uh, like we mentioned, it's it's a ball strikers course. Um, it's guys that are very good tee to green. Um, putting can be hit or miss here, and you're going to see a lot of the same guys um, play well here every year. I don't know if that's due to the course or just due to the fact that you know it's a different atmosphere than you're going to see. At any other event, you're going to have golfers or fans yelling at you. Um, I already saw, you know, videos on Monday and Tuesday of golfers on the 16th hole or sorry, fans on the 16th hole chugging beers, uh, you know, doing the wave, all that fun stuff. So it's definitely a different atmosphere. So I do want guys that have at least played this once. Uh, doesn't mean the first time I can't win, but I'd be I'd be surprised if it happened. But, yeah, what are you looking at um, when it comes to the course? Yeah, definitely a, a tee to green venue for sure. And and I actually I've kind of put this in my content the last few years and I, I just kind of keep rolling it over. So if you look uh, the last nine editions, so your winners and runner up over the last nine years, uh, Hideki three times, Ricky Fowler twice, obviously when he was in much better form than he is now, Webb Simpson twice when he was kind of in his prime, Brooks Kepka twice, Scheffler obviously twice. Uh, Xander, Finau, Cantlay, Gary Woodland when he was in his prime. Um, you know, you got maybe just a couple outliers, Ches Reby and Nick Taylor and, and Brandon Grace. But uh, almost every time, I mean, that's nine years where we've seen basically top-end golfers come out first or second in this tournament. So this has to be the week. Uh, this has to be where we get back to normal. And uh, I think we see, uh, again, relatively speaking, given the guys that the tour has lost, but a uh, a star studded leaderboard this week and guys who can really peg it from T to green. So uh, that's what I'm on this week. That's why I like Scheffler and Thomas like you do at the top. And then kind of what I was getting at, if we're heavy on those guys, probably a little bit underweight on the nine K range. Um, you know, home has struggled a bit last week. Everybody knows I'm never huge on speed. Uh, Fitzpatrick, his stats are a little bit underwhelming. 
though I do like Fitzpatrick quite a bit in tournaments as kind of a, I think his ownership's going to end up checking in a little bit lower than most people think this week. So I like him from that angle, but uh, Cameron Young, you know, has been a little bit hit or miss. So uh, I'm definitely underweight a bit on the nine K's as a whole, I think. Yep. Right there with you. Uh looks like the fields, like you said, is going to be the same as, as we are. Nobody more than 17% outside of Homa. So yeah, I mean, I, Everyone just feels a tad overpriced. I don't mind speed. He's played it well here in the past. Pretty decent tee to green if you zoom out a little bit. I think he's like sixth in this field over the last 12 months. Tee to green. Sungjae, I think he's an interesting bounce back candidate. He kind of let everybody down the last couple of weeks. But uh, other than that, I don't have a ton of interest. Young just feels overpriced. We did see Tigala almost win here a couple of years ago. Um, he had that one bad shot. Um, that kind hey, of everybody, That was when everybody was rooting for him. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that was on uh, the Netflix show and it showed his parents just being devastated. They were there. Um, that's kind of how we uh, grew to love him so much. Uh, but, yeah, I just don't have a strong take on a lot of golfers in here. If Wyndham Clark Wyndham won last week, I think I would have had more interest in him. Um, but he only won three rounds, though, so does it count? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. We have to go back and look at short what was the What was the celebration like? Uh, yeah. You know, we don't know. We didn't get to see it. But, uh uh, I'm sure he's happy to take the W and the paycheck that came along with it. But, uh, you know, hey, it, it, not necessarily a bad course for him either. I think he's fine. Uh, but, uh, again, I'd rather prioritize, you know, getting all the way up to Scheffler or Thomas. Or I just like uh, the potential of guys like him or, or Fitzpatrick this week. So, uh, but, again, on the whole, probably underweight on uh, on this range. I think the interesting case is what to do with JT Poston. So if you look at JT Poston's last 24 rounds, uh, he leads this field in total strokes gained, but he's third in putting and 100th off the tee uh, and 14th on approach. So he's just kind of been all over the place in terms of where his statistics lie. You know, you mentioned guys hitting a lot of driver this week, and he's basically the worst you'll see above 8K pretty much in uh, off the tee strokes gained of late. So uh, what do you do with Poston here? And do you like anybody better kind of in the upper part of the 8K range? Yeah, so there's a number of hitters that play well here every year, Poston being one of them. Uh, there's Brian Harmon. There's Adam Hadwin. Um, just a lot of these guys, they don't have a ton of upside. They don't have like top 10 finishes here, but they always seem to finish, you know, between 15th and 40th. So I think they're safe. I think Poston's safe. But if you want that safety, I'd rather – save some money with Harmon or Hadwin or one of those guys. So at 21% ownership in tournaments, I'm going to be underweight on posting. You know, we've been on him a bunch the last, I don't know, six months. Yeah. He needs to play well, but I just don't know if this is the best course for him to you know, show his upside. Love Benny on. I'd rather eat that chalk. Um, he nearly won here. I think it was 2018 or something like that. And then he also has a top 10 in 2020. Been in great form, good tee to green. He's really improved his putting um, so far this year. If you just look at stats, he's 10th in this field in strokes game putting. So guy that I, I like a lot, quite a bit. Uh, Minwoo Lee, it's a first-timer, but I do think he is going to – I mean, if there's anybody that's going to play into the crowd, it's got to be Minwoo Lee. <laughs> I mean, he's tweeting about himself, let, let him cook and uh, all this fun <laughs> stuff. I've seen him on some uh, good, good YouTube videos, and uh, he's all about the, the crowd. So I think he could be interesting. Uh, what are your thoughts on Cole? Because we've kind of gotten him right, I don't know, the last 10 events. Yeah, more than more more than we can say about some others for sure. 
don't know um, what to do with him this week. Yeah, I I don't either. And I I don't know. I don't know enough about him personality wise. Like to me, this doesn't feel like the atmosphere that he likes. But that's admittedly just a guess. Uh, we just haven't. I mean, we just haven't seen him. Um, but he just keeps on outside of that one event. Uh, he just keeps on piling up like top 20s. So um, I do not have a strong take. I will probably end up being underweight, but I feel nervous about it this week. Like I, I don't have a lot of conviction and it's weird because we, like you said, we've gotten him right a lot, but uh, yeah, I, I think at the moment I'm out on Cole, but, but that does make me nervous more so than it did a couple weeks ago at the farmers. Yeah, I think I'm out as well just because Tory driver heavy course. That's kind of was our argument for fading him. This is going to be a driver heavy course. Uh, he's the lead everywhere else, but uh, the driver does give him problems at times. So I'll probably be underweight, maybe a full fade. Um, what about a decky guy that we used to? He used to be like 12 grand in this event. He used to be an auto lock for one and done. Now he's what 8400. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most, when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. I'm yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Um, you know, it's at least been a long time since we've heard anything relating to an injury. Um, the form has been up and down. Like he was basically at the bottom last week, uh, but he was 13th at the farmers. So if you want to play, I mean, the type of course he played well at the farmers, he's played well here in the past. He doesn't seem to be injured. Um, you know, only three rounds last week with the weather. Like, I, I think it's a decent spot for Hideki. So, again, not a guy that I would run out and say you absolutely have to play if you're only building one lineup or something like that. But, um, you know, I and I'm with you on Benny on. I think Benny on is probably my favorite play in the 8Ks. But uh, I think you could make a good case for, for Hideki to be the next guy on that list. Yeah, I'll probably be overweight on him. I like Adam Scott quite a bit. I talked about it last week. He had four straight top tens. Um, nobody seemed to notice because a few of them were over in Europe. Finished T20 last week at Pebble. Gained 4.7 strokes T to green in those two rounds that we uh, had shot link data for. So he's one of my favorites at 8,300. Why is Ricky 8,200 again? Just because it's the this tournament? Yeah, it's got to be. Um, yeah, well, don't play Ricky at 8,200 right now. Yeah, he doesn't project that well for me. Uh, he projects better than Cam Young, though. I mean, I don't know why Young's always so expensive. But, uh, yeah, I like Corey Connors a bit, Bo Hosser. I'll play some of them. And Adam Hadwin-Chalk, are you playing or, or fading? 
Yeah, I don't think so. Just because, I mean, in cash games, I think you play Hadwin and GPPs, though. He just doesn't feel like the upside guy that you just want to, Yeah. like, if I lose a GPP because I faded Adam Hadwin, so be it. Um, I think I'd rather play Connors. I actually think I'd rather play Hostler. I'd rather play Hideki. Um, I'd probably rather play some guys in the high sevens. So it's not that I don't like Hadwin. I just don't think Hadwin is the GPP guy you want to be playing at, you know, reasonably elevated ownership. Just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, kind of right there with you. Um, like if you want to start Hadwin and Poston, you probably got a really good chance of getting both of them through the cut. But I just think you're capping your upside a little bit. Yeah. So again, if you're playing GPPs, there's enough other options in this range. Um, you know, Noto briefly mentioned Connors there. I think he's interesting. We haven't seen the upside from him maybe quite as much in recent months, but uh, course should be nicely suited to his game as well. You know, you got Scott, you got Matsuyama in there. I think all those guys are reasonably suited to GPPs while the, you know, Harmons, Hadwins, Postons are your safer guys. I mean, even Alex Noren, I always like playing him um, when he's low owned. But my favorite guy that if you're looking for a low owned dart this week uh, is Lowry, uh, who, I mean, we got him at like 4%. Uh, you look at uh, the the numbers have been, you know, a little bit more hit or miss of late, but it's mainly been like an ice cold putter, which it's not like he's the best putter on tour, but he's like 90th in this field over the last four or five months in putting uh, the, the off the tee and approach numbers are, are solid. So um, I mean, 4% Lowry uh, to me is a guy that I'm, interested in this week at uh, especially at 7700 that's uh, very cheap when you consider the guys that are around him so those are like some pivots in uh, gpps anything else uh, that you like in kind of around or just under that uh, 8k mark yeah i think siwoo kim's interesting this used to be like his worst course on tour um he finished like dead last a couple times but he's gotten progressively better each of the last four years, um, 26th in 2022, and then 23rd last year, coming off of a top 15. So I think he's interesting for tournaments. Uh, he's a guy that's historically boomer bust. I was just looking at Brian Harmon. So he's played here eight times. He's only missed one cut, but he's never finished in the top 20. Um, so kind of throw him in the same bucket as Adwin and, and Poston probably. Um, you know, maybe he can show some upside because he did win a major, but – I just don't know if this course is a perfect setup for him um, with all the, the risk reward holes. He's kind of more of a lay, lay it up and uh, take chances with the wedge than, you know, be aggressive. So I don't know. I like Denny McCarthy at 7,600. He has not played well here in the past, but I think he's a different golfer now. He's been great for the last year. Best putter in the field on Poana Greens. And 5% ownership, that definitely um, sounds good to me. So he's probably my favorite above 7,500. Yeah, it kind of surprises me to see the ownership. We've got uh, Keith Mitchell at 7, which is one of the higher numbers in this range. The ownership spread out a good bit. Um, our projections kind of like him a decent amount as well. Um, you know, I used to be kind of as high on Keith Mitchell as anybody, and he is aggressive, and he does like to wield the driver, but uh, it's been a long time since we've seen a lot of consistency out of him. I can see the argument, um, especially when you consider that a lot of the other like guys that project well in this range are the quote-unquote safer guys, the guys we've already discussed, or the likes of Sebez uh, or Brendan Todd. Um, you know, they're more of the safe types. So 
again, I get that argument for Mitchell. I think he's okay in GPPs. Um, I like Mark Hubbard a good bit, a guy that was a really popular value last week. Uh, I'm surpri- surprised at how highly owned he came in, in some, especially in some of the higher dollar stuff last week. But uh, Hubbard's going to project really well at 7,400. So he's probably the, if you're looking for one of the safer guys in here, uh, he finished T3 or T4 last week as well. Uh, I think he's a play. Kevin Yu has been playing well and is getting some buzz also. But so a lot of guys kind of in this 71 to 7,400 range that I think are pretty interesting. I know you like a couple that are down maybe a little closer to 7K as well. Uh, so who are some of the others you like above 7,000? Yeah, shout out to Hubbard. Um, he's the only reason my main line of cashed. Uh, you know, Homa and Xander tried to bring it down, but uh, Hubbard, Hubbard got me across the finish line. Um, Taylor Montgomery's interesting. He's had much better finishes over the last, you know, five months or so. Played here last year, didn't make the cut, but at least he's experienced the madness. Um, Taylor Moore, another Taylor, T14 year last year. He can light it up on the greens. I think he's pretty interesting. And then my favorites are in the lower um, range. Yeah, Adam Shank at 7,200, only 4% ownership. Guy that can make a lot of birdies. He plays this event every year. Uh, Aaron Rye, really good iron player. Uh, we didn't talk about it in the course preview, but the proximity to hole at this event is bottom 10 pretty much every single year. So guys that are really good with their irons that can you know get on the right tier of these greens do have a pretty big advantage. So I like Aaron Rye a little bit. And then Michael Kim just continues to play well. Um, he's kind of improved all facets of his game. He's a much longer hitter um, at this stage of his career. He's good around the green, pretty good putter. Um, so I think he's interesting at 7,100. And all these guys that are projecting for – seven percent or less um in ownership yeah and not a whole lot of uh of chalk in this range i mean uh, again a lot of these guys that are grading out pretty well you're at five six seven eight nine percent all pretty well spread out because there isn't anybody that stands out as you know the complete obvious this is the play uh you know luke list uh if people are playing the driver angle we'll, we'll certainly get uh, a few people looking his way um, Woodland past uh, top performer here that uh, in his prime had some good results, uh, but uh, nobody that stands out as clearly the the, the top of that group. Uh, Jake Knapp is another guy right at right under 7K that uh, is a pretty good driver of the ball that had a good week at the Farmers, uh, so he could be an interesting punt. Um, looks like uh, we've got some love for Nate Lashley in our lineup HQ. I'm always a fan of Davis Thompson at low ownership, so. Uh, probably don't want to go too deep into the sixes this week, but there are some guys that uh, maybe in the 67, 68, $6,900 range are potentially worth a peek. If you are trying to build say a Thomas and, um, so if you're trying to build a Thomas and Scheffler lineup on DraftKings, that leaves you with 7,100 per golfer. So you either got a right, you got a roster four guys right at 7,000 where you're probably going to have to dig into the sixes for maybe one. Uh, so uh, as we head out uh, towards the bottom of the uh, the barrel this week, uh, anybody else that uh, that we haven't mentioned yet that catches your eye? Uh, did you mention Doug Gim? I did not mention Doug Gim. Your boy Doug Gim. I think he's going to be a little popular in the 6Ks, but um, he's a good ball striker. I, I don't mind looking there. Uh, K.H. Lee is a guy that always plays well on TPC courses. I don't feel like there should be a correlation there, but for whatever reason, he uh, any, any course that has TPC in front of it, he tends to play well, um, including this one, finished second here in 2021. 
So I don't mind looking his way. Um, JJ. So what's Spawn. the uh, what's the rationale? I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong, but what's the uh, with the uh, the ownership buzz on Doug Gim? I mean, he made the cut at the Farmers, but had four straight missed cuts before that. So he was just kind of off my radar for the moment. Yeah, uh, Mayo was talking him up. Um, there's kind of a corollary between this and the players, um, like Ricky and uh, there were a few other winners that won both events. Uh, Scheffler, another one. So uh, Mayo talking him up. I think yeah, that's Scheffler and Prime Ricky, not Doug Gim. I'm just saying that's why he, <laughs> right, he that's was where talking the up there. Yeah. All right. In that case, if it, especially if the uh, the steam gets any greater, while he is my boy, I think I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to go part ways with uh, with Gim for for this week. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't have any strong takes there. Um, I haven't dug too deep in the six Ks, and my dreams of those Scheffler JT lineups are quickly getting dashed. I, yeah, I, I mean, think... you gotta basically gotta play one guy in the upper six Ks, and then three others right around seven thousand to make it work. Think or, our, go, our or go YOLO with a, you know, right with a complete punt. Like Bud Colley's back this week. It's been years since we've seen him on. Two I know. Uh, I think he got in a car accident or something. Uh, yeah, he did. And he was playing well for a while. Uh, I remember following him around at the John Deere Classic for a good bit uh, about five or six years ago. And uh, yeah, I mean, so obviously this is his first tournament back in multiple years. So don't just go rostering Bud Colley, but good to see him back. Good to see him back. He's a uh, elite around the green. So he was like number one on tour um, when it came to scrambling. So might be a good course fit for him, but probably going to wait there. Um, I was going to say our projections on RG like Dylan Wu a little bit. Um, other than that, how did Harry Higgs not get a sponsor's invite after hit the show he and Joel Damon put on? <laughs> Is Damon in the field? Because okay, Damon's in the field. They'd have to, they'd have to, uh, you know, upgrade the broadcast to, you know, rated R or something if they wanted to show them again. Uh, yeah, that was a joy a few years ago. If you have no idea what we're talking about, you can uh, search up Harry Higgs, TPC Scottsdale, and find the video for yourself. Uh, <laughs> bare chested, rumbling down the green there, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Not a whole lot to get excited about in the six Ks. Nobody that's in particularly good form. Uh, I would probably try to stay at uh, at 6.8K and up uh, if you can. Again, I like Thompson. Uh, Nick Hardy, I think, is okay. Knapp, I think, is a decent flyer. So those will probably be the last few guys in my player pool for this week. All right. Uh, so with that, it's going to be time for us to say goodbye to those of you who aren't interested in sticking around for the snake draft. And those of you that are, feel free to uh, to keep watching and maybe join with us. Happy to uh, to roll through a snake draft here at the end of the show.